You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is the anniversary live stream with Saya, Anissa, and Boroma. Hi, I'm Anissa. This is a very different episode because it's the recording from our live stream, which we had on Saturday, September the 12th to celebrate our third anniversary. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we made it to three years. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us and... It was a little short notice, so sorry about that. We'll do better next time. But we were also like, it was our first time. We were nervous. Maybe that's okay. Um, And as I said, it is unedited. So you'll get a bit of like the sort of behind the scenes goofiness that always goes on when we have a recording session. Hope you enjoy. As always, this episode was produced with the support of patrons. Thank you so much. You can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dramas over flowers. And that's all from me. Enjoy! Hold on. It's okay. okay. You're live. Yay! We're live. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hello. Hey, we have three people watching us. Hello. Is that all of our family? <laughs> it, might, it might be my family. <laughs> but we do have one um, person who commented that was waiting. Saranda. Yeah. I, I hope I said your name right. Hi. Welcome. That's what we're watching. We're just going to give people like five minutes to arrive and settle yeah, in before we in. officially start the program. Thanks for your patience. Please bear with oh, us. Hey. Because, oh, it's K-Fan Girl. Hi. Hi. Tell me where you guys are seeing the names because I'm like so lost. <laughs> that, that's under comments, Saya. Just uh, the comments are on the side, like the top uh, tab on the side, oh, on the right side. Oh, I see it now. Magic. We're new to this. <laughs> It's our first time. Please be kind to us. Hi, Kivanda. Hi, Surinda. Okay. We have very kind listeners, okay? I'm not worried about that. We do have very kind listeners. We have people tuning in saying, these are just a bunch of giggling girls. Let's go. I mean, isn't that our brand? That that is. Pretty Giggling girls, and then Anissa brings in a thesis. That's our brand. Yeah, I... (laughs) suddenly make it serious okay guys where does youtube think we are we have six people six people is way too many people three we were expecting yeah three that's that was our expectation anisa promised us that her family would at least get us three (laughs) and that's okay um, can everyone see the comments here as in all of the uh, listeners I don't know. Hey, fangirl, I don't know how many people we we were expecting, but (laughs) any is a good, any is a good amount right now. We're just excited to be here and to see everyone. Overexcited, underprepared, on the verge of panic. (laughs) Oh my God, what the, what what did I just, no, no, no. See, I knew I I was going to do this. You did something cool, but now it's good. No, it had the wrong banner on. Okay, guys, I think I think we should start right now. Are we going to give it two more minutes? Because we said we'd give um, five minutes for people to join. Okay, cool. Let's yeah. do that. I mean, it's not like we can't <laughs> fill the time. We can fill the time. <laughs> when we're not overcome. But while we're waiting, it. just to um, let you know, we're going to have, uh, we have a program of like what we're going to talk about for the first hour. And then there's going to be 15 minutes of Q&A. Um, and you can just put any questions that you have in the comments. And also, like, while we're talking about 
the different topics that we're going to discuss, you can also like pop in your comments and we'll try to keep an eye on those and, and read them out as well. So you can join the conversation. Yeah. Anisa, three is moving. <laughs> yeah. The AC just turned on. So I'm like, <laughs> it's a dynamic okay. background. Okay. Yeah. We're all about the high production. Okay. Um, 10 seconds before we, we actually start, right? Yeah. 10 seconds before we actually start. Um, for those who don't know, guys, we are uh, celebrating our uh, third anniversary. <laughs> hey, we have Liz. Hi, Liz. <laughs> this is very exciting. Okay. Yeah, guys, I might keep doing this. Like if, when you're commenting, I might throw it up on the screen. So don't be embarrassed. We really appreciate you. Thank you. I'm impressed that we can do this. That's right. Not that's beyond what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, Parma is our tech wizard, so we just follow what she does and be impressed. <laughs> the technology okay. was already pretty great. I just get to take the credit. Okay, guys, I think we Let's should go. start now. Let's start. Hmm. <laughs> Saya. Every recording. Hi, everyone. I'm Saya. I'm Anissa. And I'm Parma. Welcome to our third anniversary celebration. What else am I supposed to say? Say, say hi. Thanks for joining us. Yes, we're very excited to have all of you. Um, and, and like we said earlier, please bear with us because this is the first time we've ever done the live stream. My balloon yes. is getting away from me. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Our topic for today is dramas over time, the changing landscape of fandom. So basically we wanted to talk about kind of how the K-drama fandom and the way we watch dramas has changed over the last, I think like probably, um, I think for me it's been 11 years. How many years have y'all been watching K-drama? Eight for me. Yeah, so it's been like about a decade for each of us. Um, and we've seen things change. And I'm sure if you've been watching dramas for a long time, you've also seen things change a lot. So we thought it would be a fun and interesting topic to discuss. So let's jump into I'm so our amazed, first. And I'm feeling so excited. Hey, Hi, Steven. Steven. So glad to have you. I, I'm, I just lose my capacity for speech when I get very excited and grateful. <laughs> That's true. Thank, Thank you, Tina. Hey, Tina. Hi. 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 So good old days for me is, of course, eight years back. And Saya was the one who got me into K-dramas. Uh, she is, I think she got into K-dramas about seven months ahead of me. And she spent the entire seven months trying to get me into it. <laughs> <laughs> when it got there in the end. I think you, you did. More than I did. <laughs> yeah, the old days. But I think we should, um, I would really actually like to start with Anissa because she goes furthest back. Um, she does. That's and true. then we can we can jump in after after she tells us how 
she had to walk six miles and use dial-up internet <laughs> both ways yeah. I def- yeah i did not use dial-up internet it was 2009 but um yeah it, back, it was that was like back in the day of my soju i don't know if anyone even remembers that anymore but it was like these um oh tina we're waving um so it was like this like little tidy like this little square you know on this on the computer screen it was like this big and it was not in very good quality i still remember like i think i originally started watching japanese dramas on there and then um there was this like first co- shop of coffee prints. I was like, what's that? But it was the most popular drama on there for like a year. So I finally watched it and you know, the rest is history. But yeah, like the dramas used to be like broken up in parts and you had to like watch the video in parts and like it would be really slow. You had to like pause it and wait for it to load. Um, yeah, you remember my soju, the good old days. Um, and so, yeah, and the other thing that would happen back then is that um, you would have to download, like, if you wanted to watch it in high quality, you'd have to, like, download the episode. For, I think it was, like, Mega Upload or something back then, which eventually, like, they got sued and, and you know, taken to jail and stuff. But back then. <laughs> and then there were these, like, fan subbing groups, and it would take them at least a week. So you would have people doing, like, live recaps. Um, and then you would like go read the live recaps and watch the raw, and then like you would wait for a week, and then you'd watch it with subtitles. Uh, it was intense. It was uh, very. Some people used to like wake up at whatever o'clock in the morning when it was airing in Korea and like watch the live stream. But even that, like you had to know where to find the live stream, and like so newbies wouldn't be able to do it. It was intense. Yeah. You had to be so dedicated back then, mm-hmm. and I think that's maybe that's why older fans are, are quite protective of the K-drama experience and aren't necessarily as embracing of... It's not that we don't like having more access, it's that it changes the culture of how we watch drama when, you know, you have these big players. And now now that it's basically gone mainstream, and there was something different about the experience of... Like, K-drama was an underground activity back in the day. It was something you had to look for. Um, you wouldn't... I mean, if you accidentally found it, it was because you were already in another adjacent fandom where yeah. you you were still underground. The whole thing was underground. And it's, you know, I remember um, like my sister, she, she was the one who got me into it. And um, she had a similar thing with uh, similar to what you had with Coffee Prince, except for her, it was You're Beautiful. And the site, which no longer exists, is called Drama Crazy. And it um, You're Beautiful mm. was on the like number one of Drama Crazy for so long. I remember it was like a crazy thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like Kate Van Gogh saying, you'd have to watch those things in seven parts. Like each was this um the, the clip was a ten minute clip that was uploaded on YouTube and you had to watch it before it got taken down. And like we take HD for granted now, but the resolution that we've watched K drama in back then, it was I was joking with you guys the other day about how like ten eighties had ruined my eyes. And now I can no longer watch things in 720 because they look grainy. And it's like, you know, at one point we were watching this in like three, like 360 or less. People were pixels. Yeah. 240. Were... I, I watched it at 240. It, it, right? it was terrible. <laughs> and you, like, internet was not as far. Like right now I have um, fiber optic uh, broadband. So that's about as fast as you can get it. But back then, even your standard broadband wasn't great for streaming. Mm. Yeah, fun times. How about you, P? 
I actually got um, my experience was a little easier because I was a little less dedicated towards the beginning. I would just watch dramas that Saya would uh, bring up, and she would be uh, all. It was the hey, pressure, yeah. This is exactly <laughs> the pressure. Watch it, <laughs> and she would pretty much like give me entire directions, like make a map for me, and be like, "Yeah, just get here." And uh, like, so I, I had an easier time over the first uh, couple of years, and so I wasn't very sincere about, uh, you know, being a proper fan. But the thing that happened was, I think it was the okay. So the first drama that hooked me was *You're Beautiful*, and then it was like a cascade of dramas that happened just around that time. You know, like uh, I think it was *Queen and Huntsman*, *Coffee Prince*. We all know these OG, you know, uh, gateways. But Secret uh, <laughs> Garden for Anissa. <laughs> well, I have to say, we I can't believe we haven't mentioned this, but the year that I started watching K-drama, Boys Over Flowers, oh, is currently that. airing. Yeah. And I think I watched one episode and I was like, this is garbage. <laughs> but that's because I really loved the Japanese version. You know what shocks me now is Yikes. that... Like, oh I my get... god. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, I... what shocks me now is that... Um... Wait, I was reading that and I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, what shocks me now is that people still cite Boys Over Flowers as a gateway drama now, like mm. in the last year or two. And I'm like, I look at those, I tried to watch, I haven't watched it, which I know is shocking and shameful, but I tried, I, it's been on my list since I started watching K-dramas and I tried to watch it um, in seriousness, I think last year or something, um, after I watched Full House, which was a disaster. Um <laughs> <laughs> they're remembering my awful uh, like my howling in the middle of the night at how awful full house was um but like in their time they like i can imagine if i had watched this much earlier in my k-drama career or just much earlier in my life that i, I can see why you would enjoy certain things yes. but i can't i struggle to see how not i'm not talking about other people but i i can't enjoy them now and so it shocks me to see sometimes when people are like, oh yeah, Boys Over Flowers, which I watched last week, got me hooked. And I'm like, I don't know how, because that's a drama <clears throat> I would throw out, I'd throw it out of the window after the first episode. So, I think also, like, if you, if, if you haven't watched K-drama before, Boys Over Flowers is just such an overwhelming experience of, like, all the elements of K-drama dialed up to, like, a thousand and so it might just be like, oh my gosh, here's this new thing that I never experienced before. And so like the K-drama of it all is just like a lot, you know? So it might, I mean, for us, because we've been watching them for so long, we're like, oh, the gender politics. And then like we have so many other dramas that have, you know, like things have changed as we talked about in the way like things mm -hmm. are represented and like women are represented and stories are represented. But it's just like such a cracktastic story that I think... It's it's tropey. There's a lot, and we love like tropes are popular for a reason. So, I get it. Although it's not my own personal taste. But, <laughs> but like even no, dramas so that I enjoyed, sorry, even dramas that I'd enjoyed um, back then that were bad, I couldn't rewatch them now. Mm. I okay. find that I could still rewatch, and I did rewatch parts of it. Um, uh, Boys Over Flowers. I think I'm the only one who actually watched the whole thing amongst the three of us. Um, and I could rewatch some parts of it up until about two years back, at which point it just became, 
I just couldn't anymore. I can still rewatch parts of the Japanese version, but no longer this one. I, I don't know what happened, but just whatever it was that I enjoyed about it just faded. <laughs> but I, there definitely was stuff. It's, there's a reason it's uh, cracked for so many people. But the reason I brought up those dramas is because around that time, because these dramas sort of like happen almost one after the other, uh, though one of them I think happened in 2019, most of them were uh, 2012 to 2013 releases, a slew of streaming sites came up, non-legal <laughs> streaming sites, which you're not going to name. <laughs> yeah, alternative <laughs> sites. Um, because we didn't really have uh, any way of watching them. And the thing with these sites would be that they would come up and then they would be removed uh, the next month and then they would come up in a new garb and we would all be searching for it because it was just an easier way of watching the stuff than trying to get the full file. And that's what I got into. Like I used to find these sites. I was amazing at finding these sites. but. Part of me was just angry that there wasn't an easier way of accessing this stuff. Why couldn't I like watch it? Like, why couldn't I pay to stream it? Which is what I do now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't so much uh, obsessed with like getting the good HD experience as I was with what's happening next in the story. Even if I get grainy stuff, you know, while streaming. And that's, I mean, around the time that Drama Fever also popped up, right? Drama Fever was... I want to say 2011, maybe? Um, but it was around for like nine years. So it must have been 2010 or 20, because it's been gone for like a year or two now, right? Mm. So that was the first really legit um, K drama website that, you know, had like HD quality. They were legally licensing stuff, but they were also like super shady because they were stealing subtitles from like. Uh, the written in the heavens yeah. subbing squad and just like not paying them and taking credit and not crediting like it was bad um, and then they started like yeah. sending DMCA notices to like drama beans it was a mess honestly um, so that was that. something it, but yeah the subtitles on these streaming sites because they were so geared towards getting the episode out as soon as it airs in uh, Korea that the subs used to be most of the time not even there but so you would watch the raw version and then wait for the subs to come up or the subs would be really badly done so you would mm. wait for like you would be looking for sites that have generally better sub sources saya actually <laughs> convinced me to start downloading these episodes simply because the streaming <laughs> sites were so bad with dude <laughs> i'm not saying from okay <laughs> We can. It, this is all in the past, okay? Right. Squarely in the past, <laughs> but um, which was good advice because honestly, I was my language uh, learning ability is really poor. I, I'm saturated with all the languages that I learned as a child in my own country. I just can't on top of that. Um, so it's I need good subs so to, so that I can understand the context better and so Sai was like just stop <laughs> you just you know get good subs even if you have to wait a day or two there's this uh there's like um i've found i've come across this, uh, this misunderstanding quite a lot in um many viewers is that they think that the alternative sites carry their own subtitles they don't they rip them from like official providers um and sometimes if they are particularly poor 
I, I remember this one in particular is that you'd have like Chinese subtitles pretty quick, uh, pretty quickly. So that they would just run them through like Google Translate or something, like, machine generated subtitles, um, and that's why they were like barely comprehensible. Um, so there were there was no original work um, involved in alternative sites subtitles. It always came from a different source, and um, and there have been occasions even since um, the major fan subbing groups have been shut down. There have still been some very occasional times when a, a, a fan subbing group would spring up. Like for example, do you remember when um, Pretty Nuna Something in the Rain came out? And that wasn't originally, I can't remember how it released on Netflix. Did they drop the whole thing at once or were they doing it week by week? I don't remember, but I think it wasn't available in the U.S. until it finished airing. It was one of those that was available in other places, but not here. So, And that's a really recent drama, which was actually fan <clears throat> in English, because people wanted to have subtitles faster than official subtitles were coming. So, so you had this integrated group of people who did come together and do that. Yeah, and so speaking of this, like, uh, waiting for subtitles and the lack of subtitles, I want to talk about the live recap culture. Um, which was very vibrant, I think, in the early 2010s when you did have to wait a long time or, you know, you had things like Dark Smurf where, like, you could only understand half of what was actually going on with the subtitles because they were machine translated. Um, or, like, you know, with Vicky, like, Vicky was around, but then you would have to wait until they were at 100%. So if you watched it, like, 20%, you would maybe quick catch, you know, a few things here and there, and you would understand the parts where they're saying, like, I love you, and, like, let's eat. But everything else <laughs> was uh, just a blur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I remember there was one blog. I don't, oh, I wish I remembered her name, but it's not coming to me right now. But she did, like, live recaps of Secret oh. Garden. Um yeah, I feel like it started with a C. I feel yeah. so bad. I can't I think it's remember on the tip of my brain and I can't bring Same. it Same. But she would literally, like, as it aired, like, as soon as it aired, she would do, like, a rough translation of, like, everything that happened in the episode. And so you could just, like, grab the raw, watch the raw, and then go, like, look and see actually, like, what they were saying. Um, and then I think also, like, at that time, Drama Beans also used to do them pretty soon, like, the day it aired or the next day. And so at that time, that was, like, super valuable to have these really detailed kind of live translations because otherwise like you know it was all about getting that context like you were saying Barama and so that was very vibrant I feel like now we don't really I don't know like I, I don't know how useful the they are dedication service that it to, yeah right? yeah mm -hmm. um also just for people who don't know what live recaps are this is um and my, my sister is like the the master of this because she's been um a devotee far longer than I have so I kind of have experienced part of this secondhand through her as well. So what live recaps are is the show would air in Korea, right? It would be on TV and there would be people who would watch that show. And then like all of your secret hidden links that you'd follow to watch that live broadcast. It's not even a raw after it's been, um, after the broadcast is complete. It's literally while it's broadcasting in Korea. And then you'd have bloggers who would just, you know, lightning fast, they would be writing down what happened as it happened, as it aired, like the moment it was on TV, that was when you were getting that recap. And, you know, inevitably it, it did, um, it wasn't detailed, but yeah. it was a, like the experience itself of sitting there 
watching this grainy video through an underground link that you somehow uncovered through a forum, <laughs> through another forum, where you had to message uh, the admin to let you into the secret group. You know, there was all of that stuff going on. And you'd have your windows open side by side. Here's the streaming video. There's your live recap. And you could follow it just like that. It was it was it's something that I do think that has disappeared from the K-drama experience now. Yeah. Is this where we tell the youngsters yeah. to get off our line? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, change isn't always bad. No, it's, it's, it's different I'm now. Thinking. We have there's yeah. so many like there's things that we can appreciate the way the access has changed, but we can also be critical of, you know, we can look at it through a slightly um, more zoomed out kind of lens, like in the context of, of how the fandom has operated in, you know, a, a bigger time frame. Absolutely. I just find that it's, I, I am a bit um, conflicted about the access now. On the one hand, it's great. I can watch so many dramas on like just two platforms. I just have to go between Vicky and Netflix that usually covers most of the dramas that are airing. And I like that I can pay for it and watch it and therefore, you know, give back to the dramas that are giving me. I like that. I, I genuinely enjoy that. Um, on the other hand, has it made dramas a bit too accessible? I don't know how much I like the fact oh, that there are so club. many. <laughs> I, okay, are you gatekeeping right now? Right now. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not exactly gatekeeping, and I really like the influx of new fans. I, I really like the you know when they really get involved in the story. But that's not all that's happening. If there are a lot of casual viewers with no stakes in drama land, like they're not fans, they're just casually Passes viewing. <laughs> I just I don't like this. <laughs> You had to work to get into drama land before. Now it's just too easy for Buy your ticket, right? So we'll come back to this this change. But I, I, before we get to that, let, let's talk about um, how, like us personally, we moved from consumers to contributors and sort of what we learned along the way. Yeah. So all three of us have written recaps in the past. Um, obviously now we, we have a podcast, you know, we, now we write stuff, you know, on our own blog. Um, we're going to start some other stuff, which we're going to tell you about at the end. So stick around to the end. Um, but, uh, yeah, like what, I guess, what have you guys learned from this whole process and like, what have you experienced along the way? Someone yeah. else go first. <laughs> no, no, no. Why they ask the question? <laughs> okay. Um, I was about a year into watching K dramas, and for me, the experience of watching K dramas and discovering K uh, drama fandom sites was basically simultaneous. They were handed to me as a as a package deal by my sister, who was my dealer. Um, and sorry, that's traffic. <laughs> um, and like. Because I'm a huge reader as well, or I was before K-drama ruined me. <laughs> so, that's so real. I stopped reading. <laughs> right? Like, I follow my, my, my reading. Um, I keep tabs on it on Goodreads. So I have, like, a shelf for every year. The year I started K-drama, that number just halved. Like, total half. <laughs> and it never quite recovered after that. Um, but, yeah, I've been reading again. But, anyway, different subject. So... 
like what you could appreciate is that um for example on the fan sites that we were reading that there was a real love of uh, and craftsmanship in the writing so as a reader as a writer and as a viewer of k-dramas you got to see all of those things converge in that one place and i can tell you i would read um you know posts and just be like oh. like the writing of it would just like oh it just it would make something in my brain like fire off joy neutrons or yeah, fire neutrons in your brain whatever anyway this <laughs> anyway. drug metaphor is going on too far <laughs> <laughs> so, so for like um we've all written for uh, drama beans um at, at various points and when they opened up a recruitment you're like oh but you know if i'm not korean how can i do it is it really okay are we allowed to be contributors if we're not um korean or if we don't know korean i was a year into learning korean at that point as well because you know i'm such a nerd i can't do things halfway <laughs> um and so then to to get in and to make that the process itself of writing in k fandom i learned so much about the industry about the the drama like how about storytelling about dramas about that like you learn the whole experience of being a contributor changes the way you then interact with the fandom like you, you know you can be it makes you more critical in some ways but in a way that enriches your experience of how you um take that stuff in yeah i think it's i agree with you about the storytelling especially i think i didn't used to notice writing as much in my tv um but then when you when i started Huh, that's so true. <laughs> I agree, Katie. <laughs> 100%. <clears throat> but like, I think having to sort of like look at things episode by episode and kind of break down how the story is moving. And then, you know, you start noticing things like, um, you know, what happens by episode eight and what happens in episode 12 and episode 13. So, you know, like you start noticing these patterns. I think probably you would notice patterns anyway after like 10 years of watching one particular medium. But writing about it and sort of having to like spend a little bit more time on it kind of makes you think more about story structure, um, directing, acting, those kind of things. And it's really like for me, um, K-drama has become something that crossed over into my academic life, too, which I won't bore you with all that right now. But <laughs> if you've been following the podcast, you know, like, you know, that it kind of had something to do with my master's thesis and it even influenced my my undergrad, one of my, um, you know, one of my undergrad majors. So like, it's interesting how I think the other thing that I wanted to say is that it gives you more of a stake, like contributing gives you more of a stake in the fandom. So like you feel like it feels very personal, which kind of goes back to what Orma was saying before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Uh, you feel so invested. Um, and the best thing about it has been honestly the people that I've met. Like these two I met, I met because we were writing together. <laughs> like we would never have met. If they were like, we're doing a podcast. Do you want to join us? I was like, yeah. <laughs> we weren't sure. We thought you would reject us. I was never. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was just, and I then was when, when you released for, like, that one episode, Misa was like, me. um, hello. I said I was interested. And we're like, um, how did we leave you out? <laughs> yeah, basically this podcast would not have um, happened in the uh, organized fashion, if not for Anissa, can I just say? 
Oh, that's the, true. That's the episodes true. itself, the episodes themselves, wouldn't have existed without Boromir. <laughs> I found out a couple of days ago that I'm the mom of the podcast. <laughs> I was talking. <laughs> oh, you haven't you haven't introduced your friend. You need to introduce him. Oh yes. Okay. This is Iqbal. Um, I don't have a yak. He is still um, in two D form. The yak, Gogoma, <laughs> if you know our yak. Um, but he's a llama, so he's representing his cousin. And my mom decorated him with flowers for this Aww. auspicious occasion. And it, uh, but the joke, the joke. I'm sure uh, this oh, is yes. So if you speak uh, Urdu or Hindi, um, his name is Alama Iqbal, which who is like a really famous Urdu poet. So my my sister came up with that name. <laughs> so good. She, she's very good. I don't get it. You don't get it. What? Because oh, he's a llama, he and they call him oh, a llama Iqbal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, okay, so this is why I, I made Sarah stop telling jokes at the end of our podcast. I would never get it. <laughs> I don't know if you've been listening long enough, but in the beginning, we used to have, like, dad jokes at the end. Or Ajay gags. For the, for the Brits who, who know penguins, and they have bad... You know how penguin bars have the bad jokes on the, on the back? That's what they were. <laughs> for no reason. Oh, absolutely mm, about temperature so of love, Mimi. So I, so I would like 100% agree with you. Temperature of, lo of love is one of my favorite dramas. It's, um, yeah. So with my uh, experience, um, I, again, yeah, was for the llama-related derailment. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, so I wasn't super serious about, oh, I'm sorry, Liz. I didn't actually make her stop. She just kind of stopped bringing them onto the podcast and I didn't encourage her to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just got carried away with the other stuff we were talking about and then we'd forget and we'd like stop recording. We're like, oh, we forgot. Oh, okay, well, so clearly the listeners want the dad jokes, so we're bringing the puns back. Okay. I'm That's very exciting. We love puns. So. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, where was I? Right, I wasn't super sincere about the watching experience. However, whenever I say that, I, 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 I'm, uh, yeah, no, I don't mean that. I just mean that I wasn't very dedicated about watching every drama that's coming out in every season and stuff. That actually didn't happen till I started recapping for um, Drama Beans. We forget to say. <laughs> Um, which also happened because Saya kind of dragged me into it. She did this thing. Oh, oh, it's a story. Right. So I think the application oh, was yeah. like um, a, a, about a week away. And she had actually reminded me a month back that, hey, you can apply. I'm writing here. And I used to go to uh, Drama Bean specifically just to read her writing. Um, not because the rest of the writers weren't amazing. I just, I really enjoy um Saya's writing and Anisa's. I noticed that as well. But um, she came in a bit late. I would. <laughs> I'm an afterthought. Okay. <laughs> These two have known each other for a really long time. <laughs> We've all known each other so... since we were born. That's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. Almost. That's another story. So she told me what a month before the application was due that hey, you know, you should apply. And I was like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna take me. I'm not a good enough writer. Just that whole thing. I think it was like three days before the application was due. I was on a trip. I was in the Himalayas and internet was crap and my laptop had stopped working. So I was typing my essay in my phone while like hanging in a bus because we were traveling up the hill from one town to another. And it was, I, I, I remembered climbing onto the roof of the, uh, the homestay where we finally ended up staying. And this was, I think, in Gomuk. 
um, and and trying to get uh, like strong enough internet to send the email application. And I think I got it in like about an hour before deadline. <laughs> that happened. I had no expectation of hearing back from them, but I did, and I spent like a year writing from them uh, for them. And that was that was a great experience. The writing was great. <laughs> And meeting, I'm meeting Anissa, who was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> when I met you guys, I think I'd been writing for them for, I don't know, like six months or probably about six months. And then there was, um, I think, Jealousy Incarnate, or which now I think it's on Netflix as Don't Dare to Dream. Yeah, Steven, <laughs> see, we have people on our set. You're outvoted, Borma. <laughs> <laughs> And like I think, I think there was a, a recap of Jealousy Incarnate where um, people were talking about the character Plaugang, and how, ah, uh, that's my mom. <laughs> um, so we were talking about the character Plaugang, which means red. And so like some people were complaining about how one of the streaming sites was translating it as red instead of just calling her Plaugang. And we were talking about how, like, you know, people were kind of talking in the comments about what, like, how you should, you know, preserve the authenticity of somebody's name. And then, like, I think, I don't know if it was, like, on there or in, like, our minion chat where I was like, oh, yeah, like, my name is in Arabic. And Saya, like, messaged me separately. She was like, what's your name? What's your name? <laughs> Are you Arab? <laughs> and I was like, no, but my name is Arabic. So then we started talking and then, like. Uh, we found out we were both like South Asian and, and like we bonded over that and then she like brought me into this other group of friends which are like now we're all like really good friends um, so yeah and then they were like a month later we barely knew each other but they were like do you want to join our podcast I was like thank you for asking me I've only been waiting my whole life to be on a podcast <laughs> oh ooh, ooh. and the way our podcast started okay that's another story so Sarah <laughs> did not want a podcast okay she wanted to like chat and discuss dramas but she did not want it to like be public because she thought it was going to be awful and like people were going to hate her for, I don't know what she was thinking she just did not want that so I, I told her play. <laughs> we are just gonna record the conversation. This was just when it was just Sai and me. It was one episode we were recording a weightlifting ferry, but that was just that, the, we. I think we went over a lot of other episodes. No, that was the first time we ever spoke in person because we did wow. like ten years or something at that, or like eight years or something. I don't know if so, many years. No, and, four or five years before that, but we had just been emailing before that. Yeah. That's it. That was the first like, time we, we heard each, each other's other voice really well. But yeah, that that conversation, that recorded conversation, which was our first episode that was literally the first time we ever talked in person to each other so that's there right. and i was like record. i'm just recording it for us we can listen back to it at some point <laughs> she tricked me she's <laughs> sneaky like that they and then about a month well. later she she finally agreed to let me like start like the you know actually working on it to publish it but yeah i didn't trick her into it <laughs> Like we recorded that in like April or March or something and we released it in like Yeah, August. and then it came out in like June or July. Thank <laughs> God we got Anisa after that because she at least tried to keep us more on a on a regular basis. <laughs> no, I think like I think we're really lucky and blessed because all of us have bring like our own special different talents. My um, talent and we and like the way things. that you know Yeah. Saya is really good at My naming things. Talent. Yes, she is so. She like I like say like that uh, like an academic sounding like literal like description of something, and then Saya will think about it, and then she'll be like, "How about this name? How about that name? Let's do." And then I'm like, "Yeah, that's." And it's just like like she came up with the title of the podcast. 
And that's how the long she deck did. was born. I was like, I, I, I kind of want to just call it the long deck. I texted <laughs> them. And both of them were like, that's great. And I was like, oh, I was joking. But okay, <laughs> I don't even I don't know, know why, we, like, no, no, why we rack our brains trying to think up names for stuff. It, the, the, Sarah just comes in and pops in something and we are like, wait, we just wasted like 19 names that we're not going to use because of course this is the one that works best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we have oh, Boroma, who is like our tech genius. Um, we were talking I about. Not... Oh, we were talking. I was. I was talking about my yes. speed. Let me yes. finish this quickly. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, I was on the phone. Interrupting people when they're talking. <laughs> you see okay, now all so... the tangents that we like take out of the podcast <laughs> that happen while we're actually recording. This, this is the reason our episodes don't come out on time. We are just. We know that there are so many tangents to take out. Um. Okay, so what happened after that was I start, I wrote for Drama Beans for a while, and that was fun. But the, what I really wanted to do was something that I was creating and I was primarily contributing to, which, of course, if you're you know, working for someone else, that's not possible. And writing is not my primary medium. I, it's, I enjoy writing for myself. I create video essays sometimes right now, so that requires a lot of writing. I enjoy that. But writing on a schedule, I've done that for years. Um, as a copywriter, I used to be a copywriter before, but I just wanted to move away from that. Lots of stuff combined, and I decided that I kind of wanted to try out podcasting, so we started on it. Now, these guys didn't know it, but I had an ulterior motive. I wanted to see <laughs> if, one, we could actually like contribute in the fandom and be our own voice. Yes, we all had that plan, but also... I wanted to get into podcasting because I wanted to learn how to edit podcasts and actually get into that as a business. So I, I spent the next two years learning everything I could about editing podcasts. I took on clients. My career shifted. I went from a copywriter to becoming a post-production specialist for podcasts. That's what I do right now. <laughs> so that can directly be, you know, um, credited to my love for K-dramas. So it's pretty That's cool, y'all. She at a conference a few a couple months ago. She was very she was like teaching people how to edit, and we're very proud of her. Uh, she's ours. Yeah. <laughs> we raised you. Don't forget about us. Yeah, you did. That's true. All right. Can I Should we move on to one, the next? Just one yeah. more thing I want to add in there because um, I, I did something else which. Um, was uh, like leveling up on my fandom. Um, and I, um, so like first year of K-drama saw me starting Korean classes, second year saw me starting writing for Drama Beans. Third year I was like, okay, I obviously don't have enough to do. So I went and started volunteering for Vicky. <laughs> and that was, that was trippy. That was um, a really interesting time. Like I, my Korean level wasn't, like I was at probably intermediate level then. Um, so it wasn't quite good enough to be a full-on suburb, um, but what I took on was editing transition. A lot of people don't know that there's a, an actually really interesting process in, in how Vicky translations are produced. Um, we're actually saving this whole conversation for another day, but I'm going to quickly tell you that that it's a um, the um, volunteer translated, but also each episode is not translated by a single person. Episodes are split into sections. A suburb will take on a section, and they will do a, a sort of a basic raw translation. On top of that, you then have a translation editor. That translation editor comes in and checks um, that you have translated it correctly. Uh, on top of that, you have a general editor who 
does all of the you know the consistency checking conventions formatting all of the stuff that makes it look pretty um so i've worked as i've i've done subbing i've done translation editing i've done general editing i don't do as much now these days i mostly do captioning which is um you know vicky's learn mode has the uh, like korean subtitles so there's a caption from yeah. script so it's basically you know you you copy paste script into lines of of where the dialogue happens um so like i've done many of the the only thing i haven't done on vicky is segmenting um though i intended to and it just didn't go around to it but um what's really exciting is that you get to sort of see this product take form and i think the thing that i enjoyed the most was doing the g in general editing um because you get um if you guys go and watch defendant on vicky the first uh, there, there are actually quite a lot of episodes where I was um, geeing on them, and I actually did actual subbing on them. It was like it was that watershed moment where, like, I know enough Korean to actually sub it, and I subbed like whole sections of it. It was so exciting. Um, so yeah, that was my in-between step before podcasting. <laughs> that was so valuable, though. I mean, with Vicky, I, I have never found any other place that does subtitles quite that well and that wants you to really get involved with the subtitles the thing that they do now though where you can like click on the like korean words to kind of learn the english mm -hmm. meaning it makes me feel like i have homework pending but i'm not doing it <laughs> like i should be using this to learn the language but i'm too involved in the story <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's really useful for a lot of people though. What was really great was when like I would be recapping a show and working on it on Vicky at the same time. So I'd be like sometimes I'd be recapping and subbing simultaneously. And it would be really I think Solomon's Perjury was one of those shows. Um I think Sassy Gogo might have been another one. But yeah, it's it's the the community the the passion of the people who contribute to the fandom, I think that's really not appreciated enough. And obviously, yeah. you know, they're not paid. They are volunteers. They're given certain perks, but the amount of labor versus the compensation is not proportional. There's a yeah. lot of, like, fandom runs on passion, and that's a thing that anyone inside a fandom knows. And I think that contributes to why we feel possessive about it as well, actually, is that this is a, a space in which we've contributed, in which we've, like, poured our efforts, our free time, our knowledge, our expertise, all of those things, we put them into uh, a place where there's ostensibly no reward. The reward is the community uh, and what fandom gives back to you, right? Yeah, and I just yeah. want to insert here that one of the reasons that, it's not one of the reasons, um, something that I feel really strongly about is needing to support uh, the Wiki subbers. So often when I see viewers who come on Wiki and they are basically abusing the subbers for not having the subs ready already, um, that really makes my so blood mad. boil. That's, I understand that they don't really get it, that the subbers are volunteers, but it's, it's so wrong when it's the subbers who are you know, volunteering their time and they are the one who get the brunt of all of the impatient anger. So, yeah. But then you also can't, I mean, people who pay for uh, Vicky Pass and stuff, you kind of, they don't know how it works. So you can't blame them. They've paid, they don't realize what they've paid for is access oh, no, to no. video. I, I should, I should, I should make this clear. I'm angry at Vicky for not making it right. clear that they're not paying yeah. the suffers. Well, because that's the thing, right? Is, it sets up yeah. this dynamic where the consumer is paying for a product, but the product that they're really there for, the people who are making it are not getting paid for that. 
So then yeah. it sets up this really weird dynamic that's not, I think it's not good and they should do something about that. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it's a very exploitative model. Yeah. Um, and it should change. Yeah. And they have the money to do that. So they know. do have the money. Yeah. I they really I mean the the production companies and the TV channels are directly involved. So I yeah. I really So there's money there and they just it's exactly. just the fans to the exactly. creating the subtitles yeah. the reason for which people are signing up to their service. If not for that who would sign up for it? anyway different subjects sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I but, just but I feelings think... about this. I just think you want third. Sorry, Anissa, go on. No, no, I wanted to, I was saying this is a good segue to the next topic, but like, go ahead and say what you want to add first um, and then we'll move on. Tina to the brings topic. up the fact that it takes a lot of time to do, um, you know, reviews and recaps on drama beans. And that's also something else that, you know, the blogs that you follow, um, the different spaces where you have these, you know, uh, long form written pieces on these dramas that you get used to reading. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of time, and that time is not like you know it just proportionally compensated. No, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, wherever you're reading stuff, if somebody is late with these things, just uh, you know, I'm I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember some of the comments we used to get when we were recapping. Is like, why haven't you released the recap yet? And you're like, I don't have it in a cupboard. I have to actually write it. Also, I have a full-time job. I it's not like in a pen and it. you just have to open the door and it like runs out <laughs> right. and it's like, I'm free. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how they think it comes up. Like maybe we're watching it. We are like simultaneously typing mm. and the entire recap gets done by the time the show ends. And so and it should is, immediately go up. You can write a bad recap, but if you want to read that kind of that beautifully crafted recap, that kind of stuff does take time. Anyone can write, you know, and then and then and then and do that in like six hours but it's yeah. if, if if you want to make a, a a sort of a crafted product that is a joy to read or that is adds value to your experience i think that's what's whenever we do fandom projects the the whole the purpose of it is to add value to the experience you don't want to repeat what like i watch an hour of drama i don't want to then go and read something that is the same as watching an hour of drama or listen to a podcast which is the same as watching an hour of drama i want it to add something to the hour of drama that i've watched and you yeah. know that's kind of what we spend all our time doing right <laughs> so to, to very quickly answer kay fangirl's uh question uh i think and uh, it depends on the show. Some shows are denser than others, but if I remember it correctly, on the person too. <laughs> it depends on the person too. Uh, it used to take me about eight to ten hours um, from watching, rewatching, screen capping, writing, editing to delivering the entire thing. Um, but that was me. I was really slow. There are others who can do it in what? five to you six are hours. Super fast. That's not slow. I'm like you were fast because it so, like. That would, I mean, minimum 20 hours it would take for me to write a recap. Oh my God. It would not take but me less your, than that. Your recaps are like actual like works of art. Like you put <laughs> so much hard in that, man. I'm just, yeah. You should see her notes. Her notes are something to see. <laughs> when it's are embarrassing. It would take me between 10 to 14 hours generally. Mm -hmm. Although like, I think as I kept doing them, the time slowly reduced, just like, you know, in the beginning, the learning curve is so high that you, it takes you a long time. Um, and also like when I did Forest of Secrets, like Stranger season one, that show was really hard to recap because it's like 
the writing is so dense and then like you have to keep up with what's happening and then you have to explain um it, it was it was a lot but it was also like such a well-written show and well acted that i really really uh i enjoyed that experience even though it was intense and it was hard mm. yeah. i'd also add that um the re part of the reason why it would take me so long is that i translate i very early on in my recapping experience i had a um a quite a bad experience with um a, ba a bad translation bad subs and i'm very sensitive to like critique so my editor at the time was like that was you know that was a mistranslation so since literally the beginning i anything that i want to quote or that i want to discuss specifically or i just i need to translate it myself and you know my korean level at the beginning was much lower than it was um at the end of, of my writing career in in recapping and so yeah everything that i've written as a quote i've translated that myself and sometimes there would be like one word which i didn't understand and i would go and look that up as an amateur korean noob and it would be i put a lot of research into it and i said that did add to the time and you didn't have to do that that was just something that hardcore nerd people who don't know what's good for them do so <laughs> <laughs> thank you liz um so i i we're kind of running low on time and we still want to talk about one other topic quickly so let's move to that um so we wanted to talk quickly about the streaming wars and we've talked about the uh, on the podcast about like you know the the closing down of drama fever um the rise of netflix so we're not going to go too into the in, in bleh. we're not going to go too into depth <laughs> of that but um I, I think what we wanted to talk about today was just how this, like the rise in global visibility of K-drama has kind of, I think I would say over the last three or four years, it's really come in concert with the rise of K-pop globally. And especially in English language spaces, I think K-pop used to be much more um, extremely popular in certain like Asian countries, especially I think East Asia and Southeast Asia, but it's really exploded on a much bigger scale in the last few years. And I think K-drama has kind of been like riding those sails a little bit although like i think people don't quite understand what k-drama is they don't even understand what k-pop is let's be real outside of the fandom nobody understands it you have all these like american journalists who are like what is this thing that teenage girls band like called yeah anyway we won't that's a whole other thing but um i think that and also um we were talking, Forma brought up the other day when we were planning this, that on YouTube, there's been a rise of like these K-drama content creators where they create like videos, either it's like behind the scenes or it's, well, the behind the scenes stuff comes from the channels, but they've made it more available like to an international audience. But then there's things that people make, like just fans make. And um, that has also increased. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk Although about Although FMVs are a long and loved FMVs are a long, yes. I've enjoyed <laughs> those for many years. The fan yeah, made yeah. music videos. Maybe was asking, what do you guys think about the BTS videos that accompany films? Uh, dramas in our case, I suppose. Oh, sorry. I randomly brought that in. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's part of the conversation too, but... <laughs> of the uh, because of the bts videos we do watch them we watch the interviews and stuff and that adds to the general fun of that's behind uh, the scenes not just you have to clarify that now yeah yeah sure i sometimes watch them and i sometimes don't i think it sometimes it just comes down to if they're subbed i might and i'm like deep into the drama i would 
likely watch them. But if it takes a little bit of Me extra too. effort, a little bit Me of too, extra Katie. Effort, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then I I might not. But I I like that they're there and that they add to the experience. So especially if a character dies in a drama, you need to see them alive in the BTS. <laughs> I think I like to watch them after the drama ends. Like if it's a drama that I really yeah. loved and I'm like missing everyone, mm -hmm. then I, but if I, I feel like if I watch it during the drama, especially if it's like a really serious, suspenseful drama, then it, it kind of like takes me out. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, why is Shimok smiling and being normal? <laughs> like what is right. that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we do. I'm so happy we have legal views on screen Streaming yeah. But now. that's not everywhere. I mean, it depends on where you are. Like, I have a friend in Norway who's still waiting for Forest of Se uh, Stranger 2 to drop. And that's not going to happen until the whole show is finished. So that's access is still a problem depending on where you are. But if you're lucky enough to be in, like... Um, India. Uh, or, like, just Apparently anywhere we are the best place. people. <laughs> I think you are. You get the best of Vicky and the best of Netflix. <laughs> I get them fast. This has never happened ever. We, when Netflix started uh, showing K-dramas in India, I found out that I would get K-dramas on Netflix before Anissa and Saya would. And that would blow my mind. This has never happened. <laughs> okay, I don't feel so bad now for you not being able to take screen caps. <laughs> I can. Okay, the trick is watch it on... Um, Firefox, just not Chrome. Chrome doesn't let you need ah, screen caps. Interesting. Okay. So I was shocked to find out that anyone could take uh, screen caps with Netflix. So I was like, this is the thing that I really hate about Netflix. I can't take screen caps. But, and then he says, like, but you can, though. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so we figured it must be a regional thing, but maybe it's a Chrome thing. I don't know. Oh. It's a Google thing. I can't <clears throat> do it with my phone, though, either. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting. Is it Android? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Google. <laughs> um, Google hates this. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. that Opera, Opera allows you to do that too. But the VPN thing doesn't actually work always with me, yeah. especially with Netflix and backfires. It yeah. doesn't work on Netflix, yeah. It does for Vicky, though, but I mean, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, there's... Do you have anything else to add? Because there's one thing I want to bring up. I think just that, um, like we were we were talking about this before about how not just the access to K dramas has changed, but like the fandom has changed too. And Rama, you mentioned this. Yeah, I agree. It has. And like on one hand, the dramas themselves have changed because either there's more money, and I think this is partly because of how things have shifted since. Um, cable became really huge starting with Answer Me 1997 and uh, 2012 and how like instead of this like in-house production that these you know KBS, NBC, SBS used to do like they had their own production companies and then like once cable started to become really popular everyone who really wanted creative control moved over to cable and then the production model changed so that now most of the production actually happens in these big production houses like Studio Dragon like CJNM, and so like that has also changed a shift in how it's like licensed and um, set overseas. So there's that piece. Then there's also the piece of like the who's being able to watch these and access these is different because before like we had to try so hard. So it was a very small but very passionate like niche fandom. Now it's like a huge fandom, but you still don't have that many people who are like very engaged and and like you know creating fan works or like creating 
you know, blogs or, or any type of like content, although I hate that word, um, about dramas and like forming a community around it, right? Yeah, sorry, I just, right. I can't. <laughs> so that is different. It, it feels different nowadays. You do have like random people tweeting about K dramas once in a while who like say weird things because they are have no like context or knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and then you have and you we still have our like core community of K drama viewers that you know, um, and and I kind of like that there's a low barrier to entry because it's not necessary that if you, if you just learned about K dramas you're not really going to be that invested. Some people learned about them three months ago and they're like deeply heavily invested. So, mm. and then there's like the pandemic, which has also I feel changed people. Introduced a lot of people to K drama. Yeah, time, right? I think that it has. <laughs> Actually, I think one of our listeners um, it has uh, had that experience as well. The being in lockdown uh, introduced her to the world of K drama, and that's amazing. It's always about who the fandom catches, right? It's not about how long you've been watching it. It's hmm. about like who's who's picking picking up the signal. Yeah, sorry, people are gonna say something. Oh, I was gonna answer uh, Nayayan. Um, I it's I don't know if we can write a whole article about the production side, but um, we talk about it often in our uh, What's Up in Dramaland episodes, uh, which are supposed to come up come out every month <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> what do you so, mind? Was so sorry. <laughs> so if if you listen to our podcast, you will find us discussing the production side a lot, especially Anisa, because she knows the most about it <laughs> amongst us. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe like on the blog post that has the links for this uh, live stream, I'll, I'll add, I'll, in the comments, I'll add some of the past episodes after we're done with this, like of where you can find some of our conversations about that. So just check back to that blog post. It's like the first pinned post on dramasoverflowers.net. Um, so let me write that down so I won't forget. I want to add one last thing before we wrap up this part is that okay yes go for yeah. it yeah though b b hold on just just to because you mentioned wrapping up we have a q a portion right after this so we hope you guys hang out uh to chat with us for a bit after we wrap up okay go on <laughs> <Sorry>. okay <laughs> so we've talked about um uh, k-drama access broadening and that reaching um audiences in far greater quantity than they used to but what we haven't um, so we've talked about in previous podcast episodes, um, especially in the last couple that we did about even recent representation and stuff, um, about an increasingly globalized and Western audience. And bear in mind also that the Eastern audience for K-dramas has been huge for a really long time, like far longer than it has been in English-speaking um, places. But it's, I think it's interesting to sort of ask what has that meant for K-drama because what we found, especially when we were doing, um, when we were doing the race uh, discussion, is like, does it does it mean that K-drama is produced with a globalized or Western audience in mind? Will they come against the the same problems that are endemic to Western TV? For example, things like racism and Orientalism and all all of the things that drove people like us away from Western TV in the first place 
are we should we be expecting those things or should we be bracing ourselves for an increase of those things in k-dramas going forward i think um yes a more global audience has maybe affected that but i think a much bigger influence on what we've been seeing in the last like four or five years is really the changing dynamic in south korea like the increase in immigration the increase in like consequent anti-immigrant sentiment just the contact between koreans and non-koreans that really didn't exist before um it's bringing up some like you know old ideas about race that have been around since you know post-World War II South Korea. And it's also bringing in new ideas that is partly a result of this globalized um, narrative around migration and race. But it's also just like, oh, like all these people are coming to our country. Like, how do we feel about them? What do we want to do with them? How are we going to represent them? And it's unfortunately the same story everywhere, <laughs> sadly. Like that's just human beings, right? So we see the same, you yeah. know, the immigrants are taking their jobs they're criminals, they're not like us kind of thing. And I think because Korea has been so homogenous uh, in the past, apart from, you know, colonization and yeah, different types of colonization and occupation, there is definitely a very strong um, like ethno-national narrative. And even though that's changing and like government policy is, has moved towards multiculturalism, that is definitely very strong. And it's it's something that like the society is wrestling with right now. And that's obviously going to come out in TV. Because, the dramas. Yeah, it's a reflection. It's a reflection and also it's, it's influencing. So it's like a kind of a back and forth. Feedback. Exactly. Yeah. And when we critique these dramas, um, we are always conscious of treading that line of um, remembering that this is a culture that is you, you can't view uh, another the culture of another country by you, your exact standards. However, there are universal standards that everyone should be held to. And if you are a consumer and a viewer and you really love what this industry is doing, your criticisms when put positively and helpfully can only improve things. And therefore, you know, you have a responsibility to speak up, not bash, but to speak up. And we try to do that as well as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we ever, like, mess up, please, you know, call us out. <laughs> Email us. Yes, we're, please. you know, we're open. To, we, we always want to have a discussion. We're not trying to, like, you know, talk down to anybody or, you know, we're just trying to bring the knowledge that we have from our slightly longer, you know, experience and, like, whatever we've studied and, but like, it's all about creating that community. And like, y'all are such an amazing community. I like, we love you guys so much. Um, so that, that's been like the best thing about doing this podcast, honestly. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just, huh? That uh, Mimi's made an, an interesting comment that there are still <laughs> some K-drama films that uh, she thinks mimic American drama. Can you give yeah. uh, can you give some examples if you have any? Because we've got our um, own examples. Like, we've written. Hey, let's move on. <laughs> well, we are like seven minutes over time, so yeah. maybe we can yes, like organically move into Q and A. But if you don't have questions, we can, we can continue. Yeah. 
Yeah, guys, if you have questions, let us know. We'll immediately move into Q&A or we can just continue this conversation. Um, so what you said, maybe, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, very awkward, sorry. <laughs> so I have, uh, what's an example that comes to mind when you think of uh, Korean dramas mimicking American dramas? I mean, aside from very obvious ones like Good Wives and Entourage, I think, which um, uh, Good Wives... Good Wives. I'm more thinking of like dynamics, like you know, in my race essay um, about uh, racism in in K drama, I did cite uh, a bunch of examples in drama and in the film, which were you know the ripped straight from the uh, the Orientalism playbook. So it's yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. That's these are the bits that we cut out of of the podcast because I start a sentence and I don't know how to finish it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> for specific adaptations, we can do an entire episode. But for instance, one of the reasons I think Entourage didn't work, um, it's just, it was, it was, it was glaringly different from what, um, it was. It's also very like an LA. Alien product. Yeah, it, also it like Entourage LA. is so LA. It's like so specific to that particular town and that industry that yeah. like, how why would you i mean a like who even wants to see that story in 2017 or whenever that came out but also like it's too specific to a place that i mean unless you completely change the story and do something very specific to the korean entertainment industry which like i don't think that they would do something that would expose that much behind the scene well maybe but it wouldn't be like it was also like entourage is very like raunchy um and this was trying to do that without like Going outside the K-drama <laughs> standard. So it just, it just doesn't work for so many reasons. Um, another drama that comes immediately to mind is probably The Great Seducer, the Wudahan uh, uh, drama. I, I don't think any of us really followed that. I watched bits I and watched pieces like of it. I watched six episodes of it and then I was like, ah. this is boring. <laughs> and I dropped yeah. it. So that kind of reminded me of the whole, um, you know, the teenage high school stories like the, the, wow, I can't think of a single one right now. But you know, the... Oh God, guys! What what were those those I don't know. The, John Tucker must die. High, no, those high society. The Selena and what? Oh, Disney, Blake Lively. The Disney what's Channel. Blake Lively. Right. Oh. What's the Disney show? Channel. Anissa. You, you, you said Selena. <laughs> I was thinking Disney. Not oh, Gomez. Right, right. No, <laughs> you know what the one you're talking about? Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Yeah, right. I never watched wow, that. That took a while. Yeah. I sadly watched like two seasons of it, but it's crash. It it yeah. reminded me of uh, a bit of Gossip Girl, a bit of that movie that came out. Uh, that was, uh, it had it's something similar with like uh, this this friend challenges her, uh, you know, this guy friend to go seduce this innocent girl. It was a movie mm. and. It yeah, really it was that Reese Witherspoon and uh, Ryan Phillips. That's right. And then they got That's married right. after That's that in real life. What was that called? I feel like I've seen it, but Very I don't know. Very 90s. Never 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 never. Never. <laughs> anyway, so it reminded me of those things when I started watching it. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it was an adaptation or something, but it, it the themes were very similar. So yeah, there are certain influences in some dramas. You'll be able to find those. Um, and some of them actually kind of do well, 
but cruel intentions. Were. I just remembered. Okay, cruel oh, intentions. That's cruel right. intentions. Yeah, it's very nineties. Okay, oh, fangirl. It was. It wasn't exactly a remake, but it was modeled on it. And also, um, as Mimi mentioned in the comments about World of the Married resembling Doctor Foster, Doctor. It was actually based on Doctor Foster. That was part of a three drama deal oh. they had with the BBC, where uh, they I, remade three different BBC dramas quite recently. Hmm. I did think that both uh, the Good Doctor and um, wait, that was the Americans adapting from Korea, right? <laughs> Not the other way around. <laughs> well, you can no, whatever BBC shows uh, was the Good uh, Wife. Yeah, good. that was, that was, that was a, Good Wife was American, but they yeah. read yes, they remade that. Did an adaptation a twelve episode one, and that was excellent. That was actually a really good adaptation. It just worked in the Korean context, which many American shows don't. So I was just like, go on. Is um was it Luther one of the ones that they were gonna no I don't know we uh, we had a what's up in Dramaland episode on this a while it back, was it was supposed and to we be. did talk about the deal but I can't I remember it right now but if you want to go research honestly it, because of the <laughs> pandemic I don't remember anything yeah. <laughs> my brain is under too much stress <laughs> apparently there was a boys over flowers remake. Oh my God! I watched like yeah. oh, it was so it was like somebody's <laughs> film school thesis yeah. project. It was really it was really not good. It was painful, and I I still kept watching, but I was like cr- my soul was cringing. <laughs> oh my! Oh, exactly. Is this true? Exactly. The, I oh my God! Deep and bad I, I, and I, hot steaming garbage. Very well said. <laughs> I did not know that it was the same people who did Drama World. That makes perfect sense. Drama World was crap. It was it completely stabbed me in the heart because I had so much expectations from it. But I, I was yeah. bored. I dropped that like three episodes. I, I couldn't get beyond the second episode. I, think I, I couldn't get beyond through. that. The girl, Clara, whatever her name is. I think the Korean <laughs> version of The Good yeah. Wife, uh, Mimi, Good is wife. also called The Good Wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any more questions? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, guys, we thought we would kind of wrap up around the hour and 15 mark because we were like, everybody would be bored by then. Or for um, us in other time zones, I think it's the 45 minute mark. Which is in like two minutes. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, like, thanks so much for joining us. Um, We have an after party where you can like on zoom where if you feel comfortable you can come but you don't have to show your video if you don't want what hmm? what what how is this possible how could what? drama world be oh, okay, okay, with okay drama? oh my goodness i am in shock wow what did you watch after that tell me you watched something good after that but you know i can see why it would be just enough to hook you and be like where's more of this because even a bad K drama is so different to a a, a non K drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would vote for that. I agree. Something else. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm reading the comments like slowly and and retrospectively. <laughs> We're, gonna, well, we're just gonna end up reading the comments again. I mean, we're just gonna end the stream and go back and read thing. all the comments. But, but, um, um, but yeah, go on. Do you want to do your announcement? Sayang? Oh, the oh. announcements! I forgot yeah. about the announcements. Okay. But don't leave Everybody because wants. after the announcements, we'll share the link for the the Zoom party. Yeah, and like the this has been us talking to you. Hopefully, 
uh, the, with the Zoom party, we, it would be kind of, we would really love if you talk to us. And you don't have to like show your face or turn on your mic if you don't want to, but yeah. if you do want to, that would be great. But you can come even if you don't. Um, I, I can't remember what the announcements were. I'm looking at them up in my chat. Hold <laughs> I, I was. We're I was so, so good wired. at this, y'all. I was so wired last night. I couldn't sleep. Uh, and then at like six o'clock in the morning, I was texting for him and saying, "Hey, let's do this." <laughs> so and this is like six a.m. for her, so I was asleep. So I don't even was. And it was morning for Burma, so it was good. Um, um, um. This is what happens in a real recording. We spend five minutes looking for something. And then we cut that out so you don't have to experience us looking for it. That's the BTS of the podcast. Okay, just, um, I just, I just texted it to you, Saya. Oh, okay. Thank you. Go to the end. Go to the end of the chat. Yeah, yeah, I found it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, we have three... This is the real BTS. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's three things we want to tell you guys about. Um, because, you know, it's, it's time to mix things up. We've been doing things the same way for a little while now. And we thought... Oh, actually, speaking of BTS, what we want to do is uh, start a quarterly newsletter, um, and that would be <laughs> that would be us um, just sending out little updates every three months about you know what we've been doing in like what's been going on behind the scenes of the you know the episodes that you listen to. We'll tell you a little bit about you know just random stuff, but hopefully you'll get to see Sia's notes. <laughs> Will, will, oh, is, is that, is that what's happening? <laughs> That's okay, what I, we're promising. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have I a will, choice. Now I'm going to like curate something that is socially acceptable. Um, but yeah. And so what we'll have is um, each, we've got like what, four quarters. So each of us will send one and the end of year one will be all three of us. And if you are interested in signing up for that, go to our website, dramasoverflowers.net. Uh, where you can find the sign-up form, which is um, at the top right now. And we'll put a link to that in uh, the description if you're not listening to this live. And so that's the first thing. The second thing, and do you want comments, me to do one episode? You guys want to do this? <laughs> you want me to take it off? Okay. <laughs> this is also what happens in, in, in real recordings. <laughs> I'm sorry, just telling everyone how, how messy things can get. Um, so the next thing is a thing that we've been wanting to do for quite a long time. And we uh, this seems like a really good time to launch it, which is especially since um, thanks to our wonderful patrons, we've been able to buy our own domain. And since we bought the domain, we began Thank to you. actually see the blog as a blog. And we've begun to sort of write our weekly posts and just do stuff on it. Can I also say that this beautiful mic is thanks to you guys, and that's why my sound is hopefully going to be better from now on. It's 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 my baby, and it's beautiful. And thank you so much, patrons. Um, <laughs> He's and, very excited. Yeah. <laughs> so so this this thing that we want to do with the blog is, and we've always um, like our concept in in doing this podcast has always been that this is a fan project. Like we. I, I don't think any of us consider ourselves particular authorities or anything. We've just been in the fandom for a little while. Oh, hello. Hi. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is a, a, a fan project for fans and by fans. And especially in uh, the K-drama fandom, sometimes some voices 
maybe people don't participate as much because they think oh you know I have nothing to say in a sustained like in a blog or something but if you have something to say um, we're opening our blog for pitches so if you want to write something if you have an opinion or a view or a review or just there's something you want to say pitch it to us and we will um, we will do like guest guest blogging and what do you call them guest posts on our blog yes. um so you can email us with your pictures and our email is what is our email dramas, dramas flowers flowers. at gmail.com <laughs> and what we're looking at is maybe like you know three to five hundred word articles um just like pitch it to us we're open to listening to your ideas and if there's something regular that you want to do again just pitch it to us we'll see whether that's you know there's whatever whatever we can do with it we'll see what we can do um so that's the second thing and the third thing is actually the one i'm really excited about but i think Borama should introduce this because it was her, her idea what what what's the third oh this Oh, Before you move on, wait, wait. Your, Before you move on, is that Saya? Is that three to hundred, three to five hundred word pitches? Uh, oh no, for articles. But your Article. pitches can be however long or short okay. you need them to be. But also, that's just a guide. You know, we are flexible. Tell us what you have in mind, and if if that's something that we've got um, the right space for you for, then we'll, we'll we'll be excited to publish something from from listeners and readers. Yes, we would. Be very exciting. Yeah. Uh, before making the final announcement, I just want to put up this pitch that something else gave us for uh, a new drama over flowers. That's American. Uh, sorry, boys over flowers. That's American. And I really like this. Dramas over flowers. Dramas over flowers is already one third American. So. We, we got right, it. Right, right. We covered it. See, this is great. This is awesome. This is. I would um, watch that. I hope I would watch that too. I hope that happens someday. Um, Oh, uh, we have a question about the pitch process. Uh, yeah, any um, Asian drama, or even if it's not an Asian and it's not a drama, but it falls into the space of the things that we've talked about. Like, for example, we talk about um, we talk about Hassan Minhaj. We talk about um, random stuff that Chinese rom coms that formed us. <laughs> right, right. We, we, if you can, stuff if, within that if, if you can convincingly connect it to the feels that dramas give yeah. us, we'll be, we'll be okay with that. It's yeah. like. <laughs> Not a very high bar. Exactly. Just make it and work. Also, That's what we do. If you feel like, oh, my writing's not good enough or something like that, um, we're all here to help, like, edit. We can help you edit that up. If if your pitch is a strong one, we can help you with making it, like, polished. So don't worry about that. Just tell us what you're thinking. But probably we won't do fan fiction. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. No, oh, but no, I think she means the idea not. of the boys over flowers. Oh, right. which, yes, absolutely. Oh. If you do, could you email us the link or send, send it on it Twitter? I would love to. Yes. I would love to read that. We would love to read it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> okay. So the final announcement before we like peace out um, is that we were thinking of doing like we really enjoyed the life today. I I I had a lot of fun even though we were like mildly all over the place i think overall it was a lot you guys made a lot of fun we weren't actually yes. expecting this much interaction um so we were thinking of holding uh, 
quarterly panels. Um, these panels would be theme-based, um, they would be live-streamed, and we would have guests who we think have something substantial to say um, on Dramaland. Now, these guests might be people that we, uh, like other, you know, friends from Dramaland that we uh, know. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps, um, yeah, perhaps people we've had guests for, on the podcast before or new people. Uh, if we or can new people. And if you guys others. think that somebody is worth inviting because they really have something to say, maybe we would be able to invite uh, them. So basically, it's going to be like a community thing. It's not a closed group thing. Um, and it depends on the theme whom we invite. But the most important thing is that we were thinking of doing like proper open discussion panels where we really get into the meat of drama land and it would be live so that we can communicate with you guys in the chat and it can just be like a whole community thing. So that's the plan. We were thinking of doing quarterly stuff. So that's the final announcement. And yes, so we were calling uh, it the K-Drama Quarterly, which would be like, that would be a cool name. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay, it's no, she does. Name. She just like came it. up with a name on the fly. Look, 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 look at this girl, <laughs> this woman. <laughs> Why am I just shut it down, man? I did not shut it down. I thought I thought that was that a face was... of doubt. I saw you. Don't lie. I I, I just I <laughs> thought that was our name for like the WhatsApp group. Not well, the... yeah, but it's a great name. The K Drama Quarterly. It's like a magazine, but in live stream form. I like it. I like it. Hmm. Okay, well, yeah, like, you I'll fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's a digression. Sorry. No. I do this. My other specialism. That's what keeps you exciting. So, um, we have the link for the... We have one more question. Oh, no. Do we, we sleep? We sleep. <laughs> Never enough. Never, ever enough. So, I didn't sleep till 6 a.m. last night, so um, do we... <laughs> No, no, I did. I just woke up in the middle because I had to pray. <laughs> but yeah, the time that I watch K-drama is in is the time I should be sleeping. So I, I highly recommend sleep. Actually. Yes. <laughs> so the link to the Zoom party is in the chat. Hopefully you all can see it um, and click on it, I hope. And we that are going in... to see you in 10 minutes. 10 minutes, that's good. 10 minutes, yeah. Take your bathroom okay. breaks, yes. get your tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, video is optional. Get your coffee or your lunch or your midnight snack, depending on your time zone. Brush your hair <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Brushing your hair is optional too. There's no shame. Oh, these comments are so great. I hope we get to keep these because I want to read them again. Thank you so much, Aww. everyone. Thank you. That's we really were so happy that all of you came. We were like, who's going to come? I told my family to come. I was like, wait, nobody shows up. <laughs> so they all came with their own devices. So Yo, you were doing that K-drama thing of like inflating numbers, right? I was learning from my K-pop uh, amaze. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. No, never say that. Okay. All right, so I hey. guess that's it. I don't yeah. know how to end this. <laughs> well, you're, you're the host. <laughs> you uh, you mean guess... like technically you don't know or you don't know how to like say goodbye? No, no, I know technically how to end it. It's just what, what <laughs> oh. but I'm like, how do you wind well, up yeah, a live stream? Socials, the same way we wind up. Yeah. Episode, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day for, yes. you know, to, to join us. It's been really amazing. I mean, this is kind of what we do 
anyway, but to, to have this kind of live feedback is it's trippy. It's crazy. It's um, really amazing. And I, I don't, I guess we don't need to tell you where to find us, but we're going to tell you anyway. So <laughs> you can find um, all of us on Twitter. Um, I'm at NotNowSaya. I'm at Anissa Khalifa underscore. And I am at Festel Foster. And you can find our um, Twitter for the podcast at Dramas Overflow. And yeah, and you can find our Instagram at Dramas Overflowers underscore podcast. Saya, so do the blog. Find the correct banner. Saya, <laughs> so do the blog. Oh no, Saya stuck. What? Oh no, Saya's frozen. Oh no. The blog is dramasoverflowers.net. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll go rescue Saya from her frozen screen and we'll see you in the Zoom. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> my mom will be my mom will be proud. <laughs> Thanks for making yeah. my mom proud. Um, yeah, and I hope that you can all make it in, into the party. But if you can't, thank you so much for, for joining us. And bye. Bye, guys. See you in the Zoom, hopefully. Bye.